Hello and welcome to Movie Mastery. It's the podcast where we watch the movies that you recommend. I'm your host, John. With me, as always, is my co-host, Jeff. Well, I mean, not always. You know, John, I, I, I want you to be prepared for what happens in the eventuality that I may not be here someday. Well, I mean, I've already done several movie masteries without you, so I'm pretty well prepared. And I'm so well prepared, I've even got your understudy here. It's Claire. I'm here to learn from you, Jeff. <laughs> well, that's good, because I was planning on dying in a couple of days, so... I mean, both of you guys, I'm not sure who's in the higher risk category if, if you both get sick, which you will if one of you gets sick, probably. <laughs> uh, I don't see that necessarily being true. We've been really, really responsible about social distancing. Well, I, I don't know. John, did you sanitize the soundboard after Jeff dropped it off? Yeah, I licked it clean. <laughs> <laughs> That's sanitation. And here's, here's a fun story. I did sanitize the uh, mic equipment I dropped off for you guys today. You're such a sweet man. Mm -hmm. I'm trying my very best. Now, I did that because I'm dying. <laughs> but not of the thing you think. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I have a, I don't know, a broken heart. You got a broken butt. butt. Disease. You got, got a, a butt so big. It, yeah, I suppose it could crush the town. I'm, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'm heartbroken because my daughter is losing her innocence and becoming a two. A two. A two. My of God, age. already. She, <laughs> She's two years old tomorrow, and I'm very excited about it. Hooray! Everybody loves Sage. Everybody's going to be invited to Sage's Zoom birthday party, right? Yeah, and I, I assume it's going to be an amazing time with 15 cousins and uncles and stuff try to watch her, and she just tries to get out of there. <laughs> yeah, no, I got the invitation to that, and I'm like, I'm good. I don't, I don't need to be in a room with 50 of Florence's family. See, I've never met hardly any of Florence's family, so I'm there. And I'm taking notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, they're they're a fascinating group of people. Florence is the youngest of seven, and so uh, there's a lot of them. In conclusion, Florence's family is a land of contrast. <laughs> that is also true. Yes. So, uh, uh, what are we talking so, yeah. about? What are we doing here? So this time around, and the reason that Claire is here is because anytime we do a musical that isn't Cats. Claire wants to be there for it. and Yeah, I wanted to get in on that repo action, but I think I was busy that night or something. Yeah. But uh, we got Disney's Descendants, which, um, oh, man, it's... Uh, Disney's The Descendants? The, yeah, The Descendants. No, because if you put The Descendants, then it's a music group. Oh, then it's the band? Okay. Yeah. Uh, is that? Uh, All right. It's just Descendants. Yeah, it looks like that's actually correct. Oh, I, I who knew? Just John. I bowed to John's superior film yes, knowledge. Just me. <laughs> I forgot the greatest lesson of movie mastery, which is John is always right. It's yeah, correct. It's true. I know what the fuck I'm talking about when I'm on this show. <laughs> you got IMDb up. You're ready to go. <laughs> I'm prepared. Normally, I'm just phoning it in. <laughs> I don't even read the books anymore. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at the cover and assume. <laughs> The, the listeners can tell, Jeff. It's okay. <laughs> I just read the back of the thing and then look up an RPG Net review, and then I say the opposite of whatever's in that, and it's usually right. <laughs> I check on Twitter to see why the author was canceled, and then I can talk about that for a little while. <laughs> that usually fills up 20 minutes, and by then it's time to wrap mm. up and plug the Patreon. <laughs> uh, so uh. D Disney's Descendants is a Disney Channel original movie 
that is a musical about the children of Disney villains that have been exiled to an island while Beast from Beauty and the Beast took over the continent next to them and created the United States of Auradon? Yeah, fantasy land, I don't know. I have objections to this being original or a film. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there definitely seem to be scene changes at the appropriate time for commercial breaks, but I mean, it is, you know, probably... 85 minutes long so i'll call it a film <laughs> okay it's, fair it's feature length yeah yeah uh yeah uh it's interesting that they form the nation of oradon uh i mean ultimately this is the sort of thing we want to have on the other side of the break but uh they form the nation yeah, of oradon dick and then right in the middle of the movie they they feature a song that's prominently about france yeah this, <laughs> if you think about like anything in this movie for more than a minute it just immediately falls apart it's okay though because the people who made it didn't either so it's gonna be fine yeah, yeah. no this this came straight out of a boardroom mm-hmm. where some disney channel execs were sitting around going how can we get some of that sweet kingdom hearts action because the kids these days like it when you take all the ips and just mix them together it really you know- is kingdom heartsy right down to the outfits because Oh yeah. A lot of the character of our main characters are wearing like bespoke leather superhero costumes for no reason. That's just what they go to high school in. Well, that's what evil people wear, obviously. <laughs> oh yeah, no, this is definitely the Disney execs being like, "We need something hip and cool and edgy for the kids. We don't want Lizzie McGuire. We need something with a little bite to it. We need to make this girl look." seen is that still what the kids say these days that someone looks seen i don't want to give any money to square enix how can we avoid that part (laughs) uh yeah uh no spoilers i'll go ahead and say this is i mean a thousand percent what you would expect from a disney original musical if you've seen a high school musical you're fine sir i'm gonna take objection to that because you can take all you want I enjoy High School Musical. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a monster. <laughs> and if you were hoping that Descendants was perhaps the heritor to the grand artistic tradition of High School Musical, you would be wrong. This is way worse than High School Musical. <laughs> it is so bad. Uh, I, I had a hard time believing how bad this was. Yeah, and- no, as soon as the, the lip syncing started and I was like, oh, I haven't seen lip syncing this bad since like 1983 music videos when people didn't really understand what music videos were. Hmm. It's hmm. fascinating because some of the people in this are like uh, high grade, high powered singers. I mean, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But that's the only bright I mean, spot in the whole movie. Well, so. I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about Chenoweth at the moment. And, and that's no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, mm-hmm. Do- the star of this thing, Dove Cameron, is a, an Emmy Award winning singer. Is she? Yeah. I, I, maybe she even did them and Could then they just... pulled the shit out of me. Yeah. No, um, I assume everyone actually did their own shit and then they just dubbed it over them because it's, you know, harder to dance around and do all the ridiculous Disney moves you have to do. All right. And they all have Disney voice. They all sound... Like, the women all sound like, I don't know, oops, I did it again, circa Britney... And the guys all sound like Backstreet Boys. Mm-hmm. So really, it's, it's executives our age who are making these artistic choices. <laughs> the one thing, the thing that gets me the most about this movie is this is the latest like cinematic conquest for Boo Boo Stewart. Who, God bless you, Boo Boo. You know, he's he, the only one who has a career outside of the ecosystem of has, the young people. He's he the has, only one who's broken out of Disney jail. <laughs> he's got to be like the richest person you've never heard of. <laughs> 
Like he's right, been, he's in Twilight. He's in Twilight. He's also in the X Men series. Oh yeah, he that's was just right. in Days of Future Past. That's it. I know. Yeah, that doesn't really count. He's not in the series. Yeah, I at mean, least he, it was an apocalypse. Come yeah. on. Also, interesting story about him because I'm looking at the IMD or his uh, Wikipedia entry anyway. Fun uh, fact: his, He has an older sister named Yorval and a younger sister, <laughs> Fivel. What? <laughs> no. No. Your name is Boo Boo, and you don't have the worst name in the is family. That, I don't understand. <laughs> weirdly, his name's not Boober. Boo Boo. His name is Nils. Okay. <laughs> Nils but, Allen Boo. But he went with he went with Boo Boo. Uh, Nils Allen Boo Boo Stewart Jr. Does he know anything about a picnic basket? Good lord. I assume that he wanted to go by Nils Stewart as an actor, but his dad was already named that. Mm. So, obviously, he went with the second choice, Boo-Boo. I mean, that's a logical progression. <laughs> Clearly. <The> obvious choice. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, spoiler-free review. This movie is about the Disney, the children of Disney villains who go to a good kid's high school. Hijinks doth ensue. Yeah, it was written with, like, teen movie Mad Libs, and then made 85 percent worse it has yeah. at least three characters in it it doesn't need to and uh <laughs> and those are the main characters yeah. <laughs> basically no if this had just been chenoweth's movie i maybe could have gotten on board i can't I, mean, I can't and i will get into that on the other side of the music okay, <laughs> okay you know what <laughs> we're gonna take a wee bitty break a hot second and then we will be back with the full in-depth spoiler review because everyone here is champing at the bit to really tear this apart. <laughs> so we'll be right back with the full review of Disney's Descendants. Don't you want to be evil like me? Don't you want to be mean? Don't you want to make mischief your daily And we're back. It's time to dig deep. Dig down in your soul. <laughs> so first of all, we might as well start with the first characters we even get introduced to, because there's a little bit of narration done by Ben, who is the, do the, the son, excuse me, of Beast. Well, we need to talk about this narration because there are some serious political issues that are just glossed over here. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. For sure. Um Effectively, he's like, okay, so here's what happened. After my dad, Beast, or Prince, whatever, uh, managed to conquer all these villains, they were imprisoned on an island that villains have to live on, as well as other people, apparently, because the island is pretty well populated. But they're not allowed on the mainland, and their island sucks. I need to say that the entire ecosystem of that island fascinates me, and oh, I yeah. wish that we had the entire movie about what was going on on that island, because I do not give a fuck about the rest of it. Well, I yeah. Mean, the island I, is I basically, have supply chain questions. The island is basically the pirate city from Hook. I mean, eh. that's that's pretty much 100% what it is. And I think you actually do get further detail on the island city of villains if you want to watch more of these movies. There are two more. <laughs> because my understanding is that the second one is about the, the main villains are the children of Captain Hook and Ursula, respectively. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. a pirate themed sequel. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we we learned that that this island exists, that the villains were imprisoned there for life, and so was anyone related to them on into the future. Their progeny is also banned to this hell island. Oh yeah, no, this place is. It's like if Australia was as far away as Ireland is to Britain. And, and it was like, the size of Ellis Island. I mean, it seems really small. It does look very <laughs> tiny. 
yeah. but they're just like, yeah, we're going to take all the bad people that we don't like, we're going to put them there, and we're just going to let them go buck wild. They can fuck, they can have kids, they can do whatever they it's want. It's the purge out there, just go nuts. <laughs> oh, and they use a magic spell to block the island from the mainland. Like, you can't just leave the island. Otherwise, you'd assume that they just build boats and come back over. That that is that isn't there's like a spell. So the Ben says that in addition to all this, he also says, "Well, I think it's time to change this, and that's why I've chosen four of the descendants of the villains to come here and be exchange students and spend a year going to our high school. Also, it'll be the year that I am coronated as the king of Oradon." Yeah, no, there's there's layers here. So first of all, the fact that Beast and Bell are no longer a prince and princess, but it's just it's just said in the narration. And then they united the kingdoms or something, or yeah. I don't know exactly what the word was, but apparently they went on a whole military campaign and just took over like Sleeping Beauty's land, Snow White's land. All the Disney kingdoms are now under the benevolent rule of I Beast mean, and Belle. Apparently they conquered France. Yeah. They conquered China because mm-hmm. Mulan's kid Mulan is there. Is there. I, my best guess is that there was like a, a, an election for who gets to be king, except that he's coronating his son, so it's definitely... Definitely Why still... is he abdicating? Why? To this complete drip of a child? I don't understand. <laughs> There's, I mean, I guess it's just, it's in the rules. You turn 16 and you get to be the king now. I, I mean, the world's so based weird. on Disney tropes, which means that 16-year-olds are important, you guys. So important. And that's why he has to be king right now. Because honestly, he just can't wait to be king. Well, it's because if he had waited any longer to make his son king, he would have died as is Disney's way. Yeah, yeah so he's exactly. Like, this is just self You're on borrowed time. <laughs> uh, so he's chosen four kids, and at this point, he tells his parents this, and this is our first bit of character assassination. Beast as a human, you only get to see for like five seconds in the movie, and who gives a shit? Belle in this movie is like a Callista Flockhart class-conscious type, always dressed in yellow. Well, of course, because they're all just like slight variations on the the iconic look of the character. Oh, I know. And the iconic look of Belle is based on her like three minute dance scene in the movie and not that blue pinafore thing she wears for the entirety of the rest of it. But also all of Belle's characterization is that she is kind and smart. And in this movie, she is a catty bitch. (laughs) A very weird choice. I, I mean, the thing with Belle in this is that she's just kind of like not invested in anything. She, the one thing she's invested in is not wanting to let kids from Evil Island over. Even then, like, it's just the dad. Like, Beast doesn't want that. But Belle's like, oh, that's great. You want to give him a second chance. Good job. You did it. Like, she's on board. Yeah. What? Sure enough, I, I don't. I don't see it. I didn't. I, I didn't. I, maybe it was just the casting. But anyway, they. He tells them well, that I mean, part they of his. Got, uh... Key and Connor Tracy, which, if you look her up, you've seen her in She's She's a journeyman actress. She's been on, like, SVU and stuff for one episode. Is probably like a murder victim. No, she's definitely been on a lot of stuff that I've seen. However, Beast is definitely the 99-cent store John Hamm. Oh, yeah. He looks like about 15 different celebrities. (laughs) I got to roll that over in my head for a while to see if John Hamm is my first pick for that. Um, It's not mine, but I can't remember the name of the guy that it is. (laughs) Oh, honestly, the entire movie, I had two people that I was like, this dude is a straight mashup of these two people. And one of them is John Hamm, and I forget who the other one is. Who's the guy who's in Hung in The Expanse? I don't know. I can't remember his name. I Sorry. That guy. Anyway, Ben announces this plan to his parents, who freak out a little, but then eventually kind of exceed. And at, the, at that point, we jump to the island for the first of the song's musical num- or, or the movie's musical numbers, which is a horrible dubstep thing. Now... 
<laughs> it needed to be said that I want to go over the choice here because Ben's like, hey, I'm going to get four people and let him come over. And the four he picks, you're like, okay, first he's going to let over the kid of Cruella DeVille. And you're like, okay, I get it. No, I don't get that at all. No, I don't get that at all because Cruella DeVille is from a completely different genre. She's not from a fairy tale. No, There's no magic in 101 Dalmatians. Live together, she's one that makes sense to let the kid over. That's Because you're like, she's just sort of... Small time. An evil, like, animal abuser. But she's not, you know... A, a mastermind. A criminal world. mastermind. And same thing sort of with Jafar. Because I'm like, if if... Because clearly... We're going in a timeline where Jafar never became a genie at the end of Aladdin. He just is some dumpus. Oh, no. Yeah, I mean, speaking I mean, of character assassination, that's are, my top on this list. Are we jumping ahead to that right now where we discuss the no, parents? I'm just, because I'm, I'm just talking about the kids here. Okay. Like, let's, yeah. Okay. So the, we, Corella DeVille's kid. Of Jafar kid. makes sense because you're like, okay, again, your dad was just like an evil vizier. Mm-hmm. Sure. Corella DeVille, just an animal abuser. Evil queen. Okay. Terrible let's, choice. Let's clarify. Evil Queen, we're talking about the Queen in Snow White, and yeah. she well, does she, not have a name. No, She's she just is called Evil Queen. Evil Queen. And canonically, that's, that, the, the problem is that in the movie, that doesn't make any sense, because they're like, oh, and also, we're going to invite over the kids of, you know, Corella DeVille and Jafar and Evil Queen. <laughs> I mean, I assume that's kind of a joke. It's, I mean, isn't Evil Queen like half the people on Bad Guy Island? Except... Disney has like literally <laughs> that is her name. Is no, I know, queen. I know. It's just funny in this context. But uh, it, it, I mean, it's so then, much her name that her daughter, who's named after her, is named Evie. Well, we'll get to the stupid kids' names in a second. But yeah, but, she's still kind of small time. That's, that's her goals were just kind of yeah. Even then, you're like Snow White got brought up with Evil Queen as a mom, basically, and still turned out to be a good person. So that's fine. However, the daughter of Maleficent, I'm like. That would mean her daughter is also, like, a fairy and has magic powers. And you would bring her over here, even if she hadn't been horribly corrupted. You'd think, like, that's a slightly more dangerous proposition. She's going to cause some some trouble. The other three don't have mystic power. That's one you maybe want to vet. Maleficent is only a fairy, thanks to those Angelina Jolie movies. In the original Sleeping Beauty, she's just a weird witch. Well, yeah, she's some kind of witch. No. She clearly has magical powers. She's a so. fairy. She's an evil fairy. Also, those Angelina Jolie movies are canon in the greater Disney universe, are they not? <laughs> I, I have no idea what the canonicity of I mean, the cheekbones were canon, are. judging from what was going on with Chenoweth here. So, Yeah. I mean, assumedly, Aladdin isn't canon because we've clearly cast an abysmal type instead of a Jafar type as oh, Jafar. Oh, uh, but God. anyway. So those are the four kids, right? You got Mal, who was Maleficent's daughter. You've got Jay, who was Jafar's son. Uh, Carlos, who was Corella Deville's son, because uh, Corella Deville has been has been uh, ca- cast like Latino, uh, and uh, and then Evie, who was the evil queen's daughter. Right. So you may be noticing a trend with the names of the children and the relationship to the names of the adults. That they're the same thing, and this holds up for the entire movie. We mentioned that Mulan's daughter is here, and her name is Lonnie. That's my favorite part of this whole movie, because Uh... because she's one of two or three characters who exist primarily to walk in, announce who they are and who their parent is, (laughs) and then just wander out again, just in case you were curious. Because she walks in, she goes, hi, I'm Lonnie. Mulan's daughter? And I really wanted to be like, hi, I'm Lonnie. And they were all like, yeah, we all know who you are. 
Disney's racist yeah, as it. shit. We get, we know. <laughs> hey, you're you're Asian. We know who you are. It's fine. Oh, is Tiana your mom? <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, these four kids do a dance number where they establish that they are uh, in the light motif that the movie will use going forward. Rotten to the core. We're rotten to the core. And and core. they're giving us examples in you know in their dance moves of how they are rotten to the core. They're sort of like terrorizing fruit vendors and tagging walls and various juvenile delinquent nonsense. So their idea of what it means to be evil, clearly they haven't learned very much from their parents because this is pathetic. Oh, I was going to say, this is straight up just sh- some shit that any high schooler yeah. did. But this is basically the scene from like the lost or, or the lost boys in Hook. Like, there's a lot of Hook parallels in this movie for me. But but basically, I think it's just they probably being... reuse some of the costumes for sure. Like, yeah. just pull them out of storage. So they're just being delinquents and doing fun dance moves, including a little breakdown set to some very like of its time dubstep. But when you say of its time, this movie's not that old. It's five it, years old. Yeah. Yeah, that's dubstep was already kind of over five years ago. Yeah, so again, yeah. executives who are our age. Uh, we the song is interrupted when Mal, who is uh, stealing candy from a baby, is stopped by her mom, who just wants to mess with the candy before giving it back to the baby. Yeah, she's like, "Oh, you can you can be mean, but it, you gotta really sell it to be evil." And I'm like, "Selling it is putting candy in your clothed armpit." And yeah, then that giving was... it back to the child. The child doesn't care. I didn't understand that exchange in the slightest. Okay. But yeah, so now now we're at Kristen Chenoweth playing yeah, we're Maleficent. We're talking about Kristen so. Chenoweth, who is the worst casting for Maleficent there could ever possibly be. It's right, true. You think? She's yes. five foot one. Her daughter's three inches taller than her. Maleficent is a giant monster who is imperious and cruel and cold, not a tiny southern ragtime singer. Yeah, no. Chenoweth is like, oh, you're just the opposite of what Maleficent should be, and I... I kind of enjoy it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's it's hilarious because they basically took the four parents are all nothing like what they would be if you were taking it seriously. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. not only do you have just sort of a ha spunky, happy girl for Maleficent, but then like Jafar is just sort of a weaselly little petty thief. Oh, he yeah, is he's completely... like he sells used goods, which and he picks really. He, he's like lifting stuff off the table in in a scene in the movie. Like you see him stealing stuff. He has either fallen very far, or they just kind of forgot what he was like in his movie. I mean, speaking of being fallen very far, I know that that wait, wait, don't tell me money doesn't doesn't pay the bills. But Maz Jabrani, what are you doing? What are you doing here? Uh, he is getting a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so is Kathy Najimy, because she's here as the evil queen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Kathy Najimy doesn't give a fuck at this point. She's had a career. She, they're like, you want to be the evil queen? She's like, sure, I got a fucking Wednesday. Sure, That's well, fine. Put as what much if- makeup on me as you possibly can. <laughs> Also, you saw that it, Carrie Fisher tech on my face. There were no wrinkles. And here's the deal, the three of you, because we're going to include Corella DeVille here. Whenever you guys are on screen, you need to all constantly be moving and smacking each other. Just constantly. Well, that's just that's just Disney Channel. That's yeah. comedy. If you're, on, that's if you're on Disney Channel, you got to continue moving constantly. <laughs> yeah, that's just and selling the brand. if you rad. aren't emoting, you're wrong. <laughs> Uh, so basically the four of them know that they're going to be sent the kids that is know that they're going to be sent to Oradon to be exchange students and at the moment at this point in the film they don't want to go 
No, because oh, it sounds that, lame over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those kids are all goody two shoes, and we're rotten we're, to the core. Because cool and evil are synonyms in this movie. Yeah, uh, obviously the parents have plans. The pl- the parents are like, oh, they're going to finally open up the gates and let no, let's some be of clear. us over there. The parents do not have plans. Maleficent has plans. This That's is fair. where the character assassination of Jafar gets to me. Because if anyone should be the fucking mastermind here, should be Jafar. Yeah. Well, I mean, Maleficent for whatever reason has always been t- treated as like the queen of of the villains for Disney. Right. But there are more than one plan happening here. Uh, the, Jafar has instructed his son to steal everything that's not nailed down. And the evil it's queen plan. has instructed her daughter to marry rich over there so she can get the hell off the island. And Cruella de Vil is also there. <laughs> yeah, no, she does literally nothing in this movie. No, honestly, the whole Cruella de Vil and her son could be excised from the film and all it would do is save some time. Like, the weird thing to me is Everyone else sort of has an arc to them where you're like, okay, you know, Mal has mommy issues very clearly. I mean, all of them have parent issues, but she's got the most. And she's like, oh, I'm going to learn to be my own person. Great. And Evie is like, oh, I can, you know, not just worry about who I'm dating or being pretty. I can be myself. All right, sure. And Jay can be like, oh, I can rely on other people. Great. And you know, instead of just being a lone wolf, I can have friends. Fucking Carlos's entire thing is, I figured out dogs are pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, because the only interaction he gets with Cruella before he leaves is her warning him that they have dogs over there, and dogs are vicious murderers. Yeah, she's apparently been telling Carlos his entire life that dogs are murderous pack animals and will rip you apart, which is weird because her entire characterization is... I want to murder and skin them. And you'd think she'd be like, the whole point of her character should be, I need you to go over there. And get and, me some dogs. And <laughs> straight up just be like, oh, there's, I don't know, Beast's royal dog it has an especially luxurious mane. and I need Bring you to me steal the it. skin of a corgi. Basically. But no, because they can't do that. Because they realize that the motivation for the villain from 101 Dalmatians is fucked up. Yeah, of, of the four, that might be the most fucked up. The other ones make sense. You know, political reasons, family reasons. She's just killing puppies for no reason. Well, in, in this case, her motivations are nil. I mean, she didn't choose this. It was. It's just her son was one of the four chosen to go to the island. And she's like, okay, well, be careful over there because of dogs. Yeah, but the other ones at least have a goal. They're like, all right, you need to steal stuff, you need to marry Rich, and you need to go get the fairy godmother's wand so I can take over. And then Carlos is just like, and I'll be there too. What do you think, Mom? Great. I'll be there for comic relief, I think, was the intention. Nothing funny happened with this character, but I think it was supposed to be funny. he's there for homoerotic tension is what he is there for. And the fandom knows. I checked. You know I always check. I bet you did. But no. watching this, I was like, oh, Carlos is here because they needed a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Carlos spends the entire movie in the dumbest outfits, holding a little dog in the dumbest outfits. Uh, <laughs> he is a, he's a nothing character. And honestly, he just kind of looks like a smaller, worse Pete Davidson. And that's bad. <laughs> it's true. Yep. <laughs> Uh, the four of them are picked, and they are given these tasks. Mal, in particular, needs to get the movie's only MacGuffin, which was kind of surprising. Uh, the Yeah, the, the restraint was admirable. The wand of the fairy godmother from Cinderella. Given that there are so many other magical MacGuffins in the Disney collective, that was yeah. a surprise. I mean, we do know that 
obviously the genie existed in this because when we meet Jafar, uh, Jay gives him a little lamp that he stole and he starts rubbing it. And you're like, okay, sure. Yeah, no, we get it. There was a genie and a lamp. But like, you'd think that would be a MacGuffin as well. That like, maybe Jafar would be like, oh, you need to wish me into power or something. No, that is too complicated. We need to focus on the emotional lives of these characters, John. It's not really a plot-driven film. It's more of a character study. Mm-hmm. Okay. That, oh, that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Uh, so the, the scene where they leave to go to uh, Oridon in particular, I wanted to talk about as something that I thought was going to be important and turned out to be absolutely not. Oh, you mean how they were talking about how the bridge works and what the magic is that keeps yeah. people on the island? Yes. Yeah. There's They get driven over in a magic limousine and they hit like the broken bridge that is destroyed and it just sort of goes on a little gold thing and they're like oh did the button i press because mal was fucking around with something let us off the island he's like oh no this did and he holds up a remote that has like a button on it that is apparently the go back and forth between the island thing and, and if i this... was like that's the MacGuffin." <laughs> yeah if this were a marvel movie that would have come up in act three for sure but instead never mentioned again Instead, what you get from this scene that's mentioned repeatedly is that these children have never had candy, I think. It's specifically chocolate. The limousine is full of candy and chocolate and goodies. It's specifically chocolate. They've never had chocolate before. You know they've had candy before because the first song features candy being stolen from a baby. That's right. The baby does have a little lollipop. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, probably sugar-free like the shit that Dennis gives you. I got to say, that means the island has sugar cane on it, but not cocoa. And it also has a thriving uh, cattle population because everyone is in leather. Yeah. I had to assume that there's like imports of stuff being dropped and airlifted onto the island by the so noble about all this heroes over on Oridon. And yeah, because like we see, you know, when when they are terrorizing fruit vendors and sort of causing juvenile mayhem around the town, we see like a market and a variety of produce. It's not like people are eating gruel. Oh, there's oranges and stuff. We haven't mentioned it. It sort of may have uh, come up when I said they were in a magic limo. This is modern times technology. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have Wi-Fi and TVs and computers and shit. So if you were trying to place this, don't. It's just (laughs) nonsense. Uh, There are a few other minor MacGuffins in the film. Uh, Mal is given a book of spells by her mother, and Evie receives the magic mirror uh, of, you know, Snow White fame, except it's all broken now, and it basically is a cell phone. Yeah, it's it's a... Well, it's a smartphone, yeah. A little pocket mirror. Yeah. Uh, So they're being driven over the island, and they see the bridge, and... The, the limo driver's like, no, you guys didn't do that with a button back there. This is the button that activates the bridge. And he holds up a little machine, and you're like, oh, okay, so that's going to be a big part of this, is getting that little machine from this limo driver. Nope, it's gone, out of the movie. Nope, instead, we, instead, we pull into the high school, and we will never leave the high school again. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> I swear the limo driver is someone I've seen before as well. He oh, looks because For a second, I thought he was, was Clark like, Gregg. Oh, I did not. <laughs> I was like, this is definitely a dude I have seen before. And you wouldn't cast someone I've seen before unless he was going to be part of this. And he was not. Ugh. So anyway, yes, they go there and they are met by an entire marching band and the son, uh, Ben, from Bell and the Beast's kid. and Again, with the names. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> Yeah. And his girlfriend, Audrey, the daughter of Aurora from... Yep. 
from Sleeping Beauty, which is a particular, uh, we, we get a little uh, initial tension off of that because of course that's, that's Maleficent's hero. And so the two of them have natural tension. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we also, <laughs> we get the fairy godmother. Mm-hmm. Who's like a matronly headmistress. She mm-hmm. is also the only person, major character in this movie cursed to wear, or a hero anyway, cursed to wear like straight up just the outfit from the movie. Like she has yes. that big stupid red bow on the front of her and everything. Which at first I was like, that's kind of silly, but I'm like, oh no, it's actually brilliant because then it makes sense why her daughter is all dressed up. Oh, frumpy. Like frumpy. Because like, that's what her mom does. I like how that the character or the actor playing that daughter is just a haircut away from being like the main character of this movie. Yes. And, and they're trying to play her as like this dump. And you're like, no. The you, ugly you, one. <laughs> you could have found a dumpier person. <laughs> and incidentally, gone dumpier. It just came, came to me who Beast in this movie reminds me of. Like if I were to say he's a budget someone or other, mm-hmm. he's a budget Dennis Quaid. Ooh, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure. So anyway, uh, we we get to meet all the the, the uh, Beast and and, and uh, Bell come out too, and they introduce them. And Ben's like, "Okay, well, why don't you come on with me, and I'll take you in this high school and show you where your dorms are." But what I really mean and by that is instantly <laughs> sexual tension. Yeah. Let's, we have to talk about all the sexual tension in this movie. Oh, there's, yeah, there's so much because obviously <laughs> with Aurora being or Aurora's daughter being Ben's girlfriend, you already know the whole plot of the movie um it, that's going to be a fight where mal's going to win this guy away from his girlfriend yeah uh, anyway they get walked into the high school and he's like hey i'm going to give you a tour hey dopey's kid get out here and give them a tour <laughs> okay now we need to back up to the whose kid this is because it kind of sounded to me like he was somehow the kid of all of the dwarves yeah no like this, this is... was a result of the snow white gangbang i mean he introduces himself as hi i'm doug dopey's son you know like dopey sleepy happy but (laughs) i was on the same thing i was like this is definitely a freddy krueger situation where you're like the son of a thousand madmen this is definitely the son of seven dwarves (laughs) i really wanted to be like hey who's your mom and have him be like yeah don't worry about that no none of the other aside from like who's your mom doc if you know both of the people are a couple like you know presumably prince charming and sleeping beauty are the parents of their kid chad charming who we'll get mm-hmm. to maybe he's irrelevant um and then you know bell and the beast are together they're the parents of that kid but any other time when like only the one parent was famous you don't get any information about oh who the God, other parent I was i spent so much time going who stuck their dick in maleficent I needed to know. I, I mean, it was a nobody dragon. voluntarily. <laughs> it was, it, my, I was going to go ahead and assume that it was just some dragon. But then Mal would be able to turn into a dragon, and that would be she cool. She probably can. I mean, I haven't seen the other two movies, so we don't know. Mm-hmm. But there's, I mean, also other two movies and like 13 different holiday specials, because there is no way they will not milk this shit for everything it is worth. <laughs> yeah. Once you look it up on Disney+, Plus, you get a channel of recommendations from it including a cartoon about it that appears to star cartoon versions of mal and evie uh and a bunch of short uh, shorts that they stood they do including a bunch of christmas ones yes yes and there's also uh the descendants car karaoke stuff that they have done there's good lord there is a a well that you can fall into that's what happens when you get into the disney you know gravity well basically you you can make a whole career there for like four or five years and then you get tossed to the curb and you're done yeah and either you 
completely destroy your life or you go on to do something else and then completely destroy your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very few people who've kind of crawled their way out of that. Like I was thinking about the comparisons to High School Musical and like Zac Efron kind of did a thing Mm -hmm. after that. But nobody else, like Ashley Tisdale tried, but she tried by singing Bad Move. She was actually kind of a funny actress, terrible singer. She should have gone the acting route. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't seem to come up especially often. They don't. The, very few of them have made it out. Wasn't Miley Cyrus's whole thing a Disney show? Yes, yes. Hannah Montana. So yeah, she certainly made it out. Okay, so there's another one. Um, so anyway, Doug shows up and he's supposed to be a gangly doofus, and obviously he's because he's kind of a doofus. You can tell already that he's going to end up with the exceedingly money and and good looks conscious Evie by the end of this movie. Well, yeah. I mean, because he I, immediately I, is like, oh my god, you're so pretty. And she's like, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hate to keep doing the spoilers, but this fucking thing runs on rails. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> There's no spoilers here. <laughs> like, uh, at the in the movie, we only have love interests for the girls. We do not have love interests for the guys. Don't which, we, though, John? Which is, Don't again, we, though? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, watching this 100% Jay and Carlos smash so hard jay's so supportive of him we'll get to that but oh yeah. he's, he is all about that aftercare mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well we know that carlos is especially cuddly like the moment he gets introduced to a dog for real he's like well i'm never putting this animal down again <laughs> this will never leave my arms i mean granted if i had been told all of my life the worst lie ever that dogs were terrible and then i finally held a dog i'd be like this is mine now and it will never go anywhere without me i mean luckily that works out perfectly for him because apparently that dog was just a homeless crappy street dog that hung around this this uh, high school full of here of uh, disney superheroes none of whom saw fit to do anything about it I mean, no, not like a homeless street dog. He's like the mascot of the school. I'm sure he gets fed out of the cafeteria or whatever. He was yeah, not I'm... like piglet level, you know, mangyness. <laughs> he was in good shape. I really wanted him to get a backstory, too. How come we didn't get, oh, that's dude, the 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 dog of this school. You know, Tramp's son. <laughs> uh, well, that's canon. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it gets established in one of the sequels. Uh, I mean... Even then, I gotta say, it's just, that feeds into the whole thing where this movie is very much about, like, the redemption of these kids and figuring out that they're like, oh, we don't need to be like our parents. But they never address the fact that mm, 90% of the good kids in here are just assholes. Assholes. Just top to bottom douchebags. No, they're all very typical high schoolers. They're kind of catty and obnoxious and backstabbing and... Yeah, they're just rich reality yeah. show dicks now. And I think it's literally because they got rid of their villains. No one's keeping them in check. Right. Well, they don't have to be good. They're like, oh, there's no like evil thing to make me shine against. They're just kind of like, well, I guess I'll fuck around and be rich. Also, I think I see the problem here because there are classes in being good at this school. This is one of the things that was like chuckle worthy was that the evil kids are assigned to take remedial goodness, which well, amused well, I mean, the me joke as a concept. Is that, the joke is that the class was created <laughs> specifically for them. But if they have remedial goodness, don't you think that implies the existence of, you know, standard goodness, perhaps even AP goodness for the really bright kids? Yeah, that'll and be that the next makes, years of high school. Yeah, that makes yeah, that- being good schoolwork. <laughs> Therefore, this generation not interested in being good. I'm pretty sure that entire goodness track only exists for kids who are pulled over from the island of misfit whatevers. Yeah. Um, but 
it, it, anyway, we yeah, we, we at this point, we just start doing random high school bullshit as each character kind of settles into their specific role. Uh, Mal stays good or, or bad the longest. She spends most of her time trying to plot a method by which she's going to get that wand. Yeah, I'd right. Say, she's on task. No, she's she's actually got a thing to do. I mean, Evie is basically never evil. She's just like, I want to I want a boyfriend. And right, that's she's just it. shallow. Like, great. <laughs> she meets Chad Charming in chemistry class and has to throw herself at him, of course. Yeah. And then he's a dick. Oh, he's amazing. A, he's incredibly a dick. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's that, not just like regular high school level dick. He's a real asshole. There are so many people in the background of all these scenes in these high school and on the island and so on. And I'm like, who are all these people? Is every one of them the kid of someone famous or how we do, or, or, or half the people on the island that are like, just, oh, I'm a fruit merchant now. It's like, yeah, I'm Smee's kid. I He wasn't a big enough deal for anyone to give a shit. So I have to f- sell fruit. I mean, I would have to say it'd be like, oh yeah, you know all of the other pirates that weren't Hooker Smee. Yeah, these are their kids too. Okay, first of all, I need some fic about Hooker Smee right now. <laughs> A bunch of like Mongol kids who were there just because because uh, only one of them is going to be famous. They're like, well, Sean Yu's kid is over here, but also just a shit ton of Mongols. <laughs> uh, and and then like a whole gang of like. Like evil dogs and hyenas and stuff from the line. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so Evie is doing a whole journey of self-discovery thing. Jay discovers sports and learns to be a team player. The Jay, of course, is just kind of dopey and sportly. So, he likes violence. That's the evil yeah. thing about he, him, he I just, guess. Well, that no, he, he, steals he steals things, <laughs> and he also likes being violent. Yeah. Which is weird, because he never throws punches. He's just like an aggressive magic lacrosse player, because they play some bullshit made-up lacrosse. Um, you know what? Actually, it was less bullshit than Quidditch, though. No, I'll say that 100%. That was in like the top quartile of fake fantasy sports that I've seen. Because it literally was just lacrosse. Honestly, actually, there's a different game. I forget what it's called. I saw it when I was in Ireland, and it's basically that. Yeah, it's, it's just that, sort of it's, lacrosse, it's just, but without the net. Yeah, it's just lacrosse without a net, and also people have those American gladiator cannons, and they're shooting at you, and you hold shields. Right. No, It's the, adorable. The only thing that was goofy about it was the whole, we've got fucking American gladiator frisbee shooters. So, uh, Jay finds sports and literally turns good. Like instantaneously, it's like the next scene after the coach gives him the talk about. So there is kind of this dark undertone that they really have no idea what it means to be family because their parents are evil and they're also shitty parents. Um, So the coach is only jokes that lands is, of course, Jafar saying to his son that there's no team in I. I "Ah." (laughs) And uh, so the coach is trying to explain to Jay how you be a member of a team. He's like, you know, it's like a family. And so Jay just gives him the blank look and he goes, okay, so it's like your body parts, your hand works with your arm and your knee works with the foot. And Jay's like, oh, and that's it. He gets it from then on. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm good now. He's just a good guy. The next scene of them playing the game is him, like, trying to be supportive of Carlos getting better at the game because Carlos is bad at the game. But Jay's like, put Carlos in. I think he's going to be good for this. Yeah. Mm hmm. And that was when Carlos, Carlos's heart grew three sizes that day. <laughs> I really wanted the coach stick. to, I really wanted the coach to teach him a lesson there and be like, look, I understand that you think your one friend is going to be really good at this game, but we actually have a lot of kids here who were good at this game. So you need to quit doing this. And they've been, you know, 
playing it since they were kids. We've got like little league versions of this dumb bullshit game. They've no, but earned evil this. will always win lacrosse because good is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh so yeah he just he just changes sides immediately e- evie evie gets the stupid scene because she's trying to she's trying to hit on chad charming uh and then she gets called out by the teacher in the science class and good lord is that ever a disney science class yeah. it's it's just a room full of glass and burn and bun- uh, lit bunsen burners and various beakers full of bubbling blue stuff i just imagine like every chemistry teacher in the world just head desk whenever they see one of those chemistry classes like oh, yeah. where are those safety goggles my god where's the eye washing station they're just teaching them how to make water with food coloring in it this is the <laughs> and this is how you boil water forever and, right. and anyway she gets called up to the the classroom the the chalkboard to answer a question and her answer is like it, it seems like they could have done a better job. They're like, "How do you calculate the atomic weight of silver?" And she like looks at her mirror to solve it. And the mirror is, and then she goes, "Oh, okay. The way you calculate the atomic weight of silver is one point zero seven nine five two six five three times six point three five one two five six four. Then you multiply that by the ALU." And I was like, "Okay, what are those starter numbers? What do you do? This this isn't the answer to that question." Yeah, I. <laughs> it was a weird thing. <laughs> I don't know where they were going with that. Long strings of numbers. I took with- chemistry, so I knew what they were doing with it, but that's fine. <laughs> no, I know, but it, it just, I, I, I'm pretty sure it was what, like the, uh, the, the general weight of a mole of silver atoms or whatever. Yeah. yeah it just, it, but the problem was she didn't say that. She just said long no. strings of decimal numbers. So it, it felt well, long it, numbers mean you're smart. And yeah, this is about science-y. her pretending to be smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But so, she's not because she actually is at least semi-smart, what we're supposed to find out later when mm. she gets a B-plus on a test she has clearly not studied for. No, all I of, thought the idea... Never mind, we'll get to that. All mm. of her smart stuff happens off-screen. There's a part where she gets lauded as an excellent seamstress because she made a dress, but it's just people announcing that because Mal's wearing it, and they're like, Mal's wearing a dress that was made by someone named Evie, apparently. She sure must be talented. <laughs> and I'm like, they never set up that she could sew. Well, we did see... Well, yes, they did repeatedly talk about how she sews and does makeup and whatever, and she did the makeup over for Mal, which consisted of putting like a, a tiny bit of blush on her and braiding some of her hair, and that was her transformation from pretty girl to beautiful girl. Oh my god, that makeover scene where it's just like, oh, I've got a date and I need to look good, and it's just I put some blush on you and you can wear this jacket. And- you were already oh my in god, full I'm makeup. So amazing. You were already in full <laughs> makeup, styled purple hair, rad outfit. There was nowhere for you to go except apparently some blush, so you didn't look as washed out. And she used to look at herself in the mirror and be like, oh, "I can look like this." Yeah, you, you can have a little bit of blush on in addition to your five pounds of foundation. Uh, yeah, it was. I'm like, that's not the reaction you have to this. This isn't one of those movie moments where you're like, oh, I finally know what it means to be beautiful. Right. They try to do that with Fairy Godmother's daughter, who's supposed yes. to be frumpy, like wearing frumpy clothes and has a frumpy haircut and I guess is allegedly supposed to be not pretty. This beautiful actress. Um, and so then Mal uses the magic from her spell book to turn her hair from frumpy hair into good hair. And I think some makeup was implied in that as well. Yes. Then she still has the frumpy dress on, but now she's pretty. And all that really changed about her hair was it became six inches longer and lightly curled. And yes. asymmetrical. Because is... <laughs> asymmetrical is... Is, the, is the hairstyle of choice in this movie. Well, I was going to say, that's exactly... Because she does this for like a dozen other girls and it's literally the same haircut for all of them. Yeah, yes. it's, it's really noticeable when Lon- cuz Lonnie's the first one to come in and go like, "Hi, I'm Lonnie. 
Mulan's kid. I heard she do haircuts. Could you give me one? And she's like, yeah, right, whatever. Because she's got an ugly Mulan haircut. Ha, yeah. ha, ha, ha. And they give her one, and I was like, oh, cool. Here comes like a fun punk. I, 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 was, right. predict- I was predicting the purple Asian hair trope for Lonnie. Well, uh, I thought that when she started doing the hair, everybody was going to get cool, colorful, evil hair. Because Evie has kind of bluish hair, right? Like yeah. really bluish, dark black. And then Mal has the purple hair. So I'm like, okay, la- ladies in the evil land, you know, young ladies that are stylish to have colorful hair. Clearly, they're going to come here and all the preppy kids who have the boring normal hair are going to get the cool evil hair. But no, Mal is now giving them just like preppier hair. She's just, <laughs> yeah. she's just getting their hair did for prom is all she seems to be doing for everybody. Like it's literally prom cuts across the board for it, and and Evie's hair gets changed from black to brown, which was a very weird change. But or, sorry, not Evie, Lonnie. But anyway, right. Lonnie's like, great, that looks good. Thank you so much. I will be oh, in the so background for the rest of the film. You only had a brown wig available and not a black <laughs> it one. It was so the bye. same wig, yeah, one hundred percent the same wig as from Fairy Godmother's Kids. And then Lonnie See? just quietly steps backwards, and from the for the duration of the film, she's just in crowd shots. Now, that's not that's true. That's not true. She has a pivotal moment, like a moment of emotional resonance later on. Because uh-huh. she has to be the one that gives the tear for the love potion that they make. Right. So oh, let's, right. Let, we got to yeah, get yeah, back yeah. into the plot here, you guys. So the the kids, as soon as they arrive on the island, they realize that the fairy godmother's wand is in the Museum of Magical Artifacts or whatevs. So they break into the museum at night. It's like a whole heist scene. And they have to you know, make the security guard fall asleep by getting him to prick his finger on the spindle. <laughs> it's a call back guys to the whole story of their parent anyway um but then they can't get the wand obviously so they have to come up with some other plan and they realize that the wand is going to be used in ben's coronation and for some reason (laughs) ben's girlfriend gets to be right up in the front next to him and so mal's like i have to become ben's girlfriend of course she came to this plan because they already had the sexual chemistry there were two or three eye fucking scenes by that point i don't want to miss the the fact while we're in the museum i don't want to miss maleficent's song yes no that is like the hot that's the only jam in this entire movie all of the songs are completely incompetent except for that one i'm gonna say it's not even that they're incompetent it's just they're very polished very blandly Disney. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not that they're bad. They're just like, oh, yeah, this is just standard Disney fare. But the Chenoweth one is like, oh, that'll pop into my head now and again still. No, I, th- I-, I feel like she showed up with her own songwriter and like they had given her a song and she was like, <laughs> no, um, I'll take this over. I'll fix this. I, and I, I, I still will not sing like your it. shit. I'll sing my shit. I, I like Kristen Chenoweth an awful lot, and I still didn't like that song. And it's an e- it's an even part of like I, the song I didn't find especially good. And also, it's the opposite of what Maleficent should be doing. Oh, absolutely! No, it's a lot of like mugging and don't soft shoes. Yeah, the song is just like, "Don't you want to be evil like me?" And it's just like, "What do you? No, that's not Maleficent. Stop that." Well, though, whatever. So she does a she shows up as a statue of herself, which comes to life in Mel's imagination and does a song number. And yes. it's worth it because it's your one chance in this whole goddamn ass of a movie to watch Chenoweth <laughs> sing, which is what yes, you, you show up for. Sing. Yeah, I hate it when when Chenoweth is in a movie and she doesn't sing. That is that is torture. Criminal. <laughs> Christmas, not at Christmas of the Cranks. Deck the halls. Deck the halls has Chenoweth and she doesn't sing. Yeah. Does she actually act competently? Because a lot of, you know, like Broadway musical performers, when they try to get into movies, the acting does not translate. Uh, if if she were to act competently in Deck the Halls, it would be weird and stand out. Yes. Because she'd be the only person doing it. Uh, so, But she does suggest that they should call a cookbook Food Food, and everyone else mm. is like, yeah, fucking Food Food. Jesus, <laughs> fuck, you're so smart. <laughs> 
Anyway, the kids need to now make have to make a love potion so that they can win over uh, Ben to become the boyfriend of Mal. And it requires a tear. And yeah, they, they get Lonnie to cry over how parents can be mean sometimes. And they use the tear. Well, yeah, because she's like, oh, you're making cookies. And, you know, my mom would make me chocolate chip cookies whenever I was sad. You know, like parents do. And they're all like, I'm sorry, Crickets. like what happens? <laughs> and she's like, oh, you have shitty parents. That's sad. <laughs> and then she cries a tear of genuine sadness, which, of course, the bad kids could never do because they're not in touch with their emotions. They just channel everything into delinquency. Yeah. yeah. You'd think that they would have just had Jay beat up Carlos till he cried. <laughs> That wouldn't have been sadness, baby. <laughs> so the group is basically just schemy, but not evil is the big thing that I'm taking from most of this. Well, except yeah. now, because like the other stuff you could kind of get away with when, you know, Jay's kind of like violent during sports or whatever. But when you're making like a like Mind a date rape, rape potion. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, that's definitely a problem. Yeah. I, That's a bit much. I'm still having trouble being sold on Jay being violent during sports as an evil thing because he's playing a made-up sport. We have no idea what the acceptable level of violence in that sport is. Well, we do because, you know, the coach is basically telling him to tone it down and you don't uh. see the other players like... Well, yeah, the other it's, players it's might just because suck. We didn't see, there was no indication before that Jay is like into violence. It, it's, he was into stealing, but now it's violence that's the problem with him. Yeah, he's into horseplay. We know that because he's been kind of wrestling. <laughs> he's been wrestling with his pal Carlos the whole movie. But yeah, he has. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'm I'm following you I, you guys on the subtext. I I. Uh, I'm Is willing, it subtext? Yeah, I'm willing to I'm willing to allow that that it's a, a fan theory, but I, I feel like uh, I don't know. I, I just it just didn't occur to me when I was watching it for whatever reason. I don't know. I think you were just very sad and angry, and so could not appreciate all of the amazing tension between them. See, I was sad and angry, but then I just retreated into thinking about fanfic. That's how I get through bad movies and TV shows and whatnot. I, I mean, had... honestly, this is just a like Disney high school AU fanfic that got taken to a point where it should not have. Because <laughs> this is definitely something where you're like, oh, I made a whole thing and Maleficent's a teenager and she's going to high school with the Beast. And then they went, no, we can't do that. We'll let you do their kids, though. And then they just went, all right, sure, whatever. Hi, we're, we're Disney. We'll let you do those kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Disney Channel, we'll let you do the kids. <laughs> so... Anyway, the love potion scene comes and goes. Uh, it works, and it leads into the date scene, which is... Well, hold on. We're skipping the musical number, which is very important. You're because goddamn right we're skipping the, the musical number. probably the best dance number in the movie. Come on. He's on the football field. He's singing about how his love is R-I-D-I-C-U-L-O-S, except spelled right, probably ridiculous. It was, no, it was, was... spelled right, yeah. I, yeah and he... it's cute, and there's a marching band dancing in the background, and he's sort of vaguely charming, although he can't sing at all. Everyone gets on board when he starts singing. I mean, he's like the he's future like, king. I bet you. He, I bet you they're scared not to. <laughs> <laughs> are Are you? I'm sorry. Are you not singing along with me? Mm -hmm. Are you? Okay. One thousand dungeons. years dungeon. Yep. Oubliette with this one. <laughs> you kick me yet? Yeah. Okay. Fine. Mommy there, hates me yet now. There's his declaration of love scene where he he uh, go ahead goes ahead and dumps Audrey in front of everyone in a football field so he can sing about how much he loves Mal uh, I, and I, I, never apologizes to her. 
in the rest of the movie. I mean, nope. Audrey is a quick rebound because, like, literally in the aftermath of that song, she walks up with Chad and is like, hi, I've got a new boyfriend. Up yours, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah, like, in the last chorus, she's grabbing Chad. Yeah. So she she moved on with her life. Yeah, she's not she's not wasting a whole lot of time. Um, you go, girl. You're a strong, independent woman, and you don't need no son of the beast. I was just skipping describing that scene because I think everybody here has seen Ten Things I Hate About You, so they've already seen that scene done correctly. Correct. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they go on a Mal and Ben go on a magical date to a magic lake that has magic water in it, and she eats a magic sandwich. And then she does the worst lip syncing in the entire film. <laughs> it's it's very it's is very bad. It's true. I mean, at least the scene has again. There were like three or four jokes that landed for me, and Ben is trying to get her to go swimming with him, and she's like, "No, I'll just stay here." I mean, I haven't even had a strawberry before, and she like goes to eat it like she's just trying to, you know, play it off attention. Yeah, and then she's like, "Oh, holy shit! Strawberries are amazing." <laughs> Yes. And again, I have supply chain questions because we saw fruit vendors in the opening scene. There were like oranges and bananas probably for comedic effect, but strawberries, they can't have no strawberries. strawberries. Despite the fact that strawberries are like the shit ass easiest fruit to grow, you can't not grow strawberries. Well, so, they just didn't have the seeds. Hold on, hold on. Maybe they do have strawberries on the island of misfit bad guys, but much like Carlos and dogs, their parents have been training them since birth not to eat good guy food. <laughs> maybe they only have like albertson's january strawberries you know but these are like actual heirloom summer strawberries maleficent's all don't eat strawberries those are poison made by flora <laughs> you can't fucking trust flora or her goddamn kid uh so yeah the uh i mean honestly i could just go ahead and skip to the end everyone decides they want to be good until there's a party scene where they decide they'll be bad instead because some adults are mean to them i mean it's an interesting scene because audrey who again if we people have forgotten who she was from the beginning of the thing she's aurora uh, aurora's kid so she's the she's the the daughter of the sleeping beauty character brings around aurora's mom to be like, look, Aurora's mom, here's the kid of Maleficent. And she's like, oh, your mother cost me my daughter's childhood. And, you know. That was like a weirdly emotionally resonant moment. I was going, wow, you made me feel a thing, movie. That was unexpected. Don't don't do that again, though. A little bit. I mean, I kind of wanted Mal to be like, yeah, my mom did that. I didn't do that. <laughs> yeah. Right, this whole scene is like the traditional obligatory trope of like, you know, the people are trying to be good and integrate with this group that they've been introduced to, but then the group rejects them and then they get all defensive and they're like, oh, well, then screw you. But then in the end, obviously, we know they're going to get over it again. So yeah. it's really teaching you that, you know, alienating people who are different from you only leads them to pull away more. But this is the scene where I came, I, I came around to be kind of against Bell. Uh, the the mother of our main character's boyfriend because oh, right. because this in this point she walks up and and uh, Beast and Ben are trying to defuse the situation they're like whoa 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 that that's not you, you can't get mad at her for something that happened fifty years ago be, when before she was born yet and Bell has to be like well hun maybe this wasn't a good idea <laughs> also I never liked your old girlfriend anyway oh yeah well this is also the scene going back where we get the acapella musical version of be our guest oh god that where was they mention france bad. so we know france exists somewhere yeah you, that's the weirdest song to choose and do an acapella boy band version of it because 
I mean, the song has a lot of elements that are visual and descriptive. So when he's just dancing around saying things like, try the gray stuff, it's delicious. You're like, what What are you talking about? Or, you know, with my fellow candlesticks, you're like, but you don't. God damn it. Just That's just what bros call each other in Aradon. <laughs> What's up, candlestick? <laughs> I'm a candlestick you later. What up, candle dick? That's if you're mean to someone. That's because the tip of it's on fire. <laughs> you should Ooh. see a doctor about that. See an apothecary. <laughs> so, yeah, it, this is definitely the scene where they get tossed out of the white, the high castle because people suddenly go, oh, right, these people are the children of villains. I forgot. I had forgotten for the past 45 minutes. Yeah. So they get They get harassed angry. by the other students. And at this point... Like, Mal undoes the magic that she did for Jane, the fairy godmother's daughter. So he's like, you can have bad hair again. Fuck you, lady. And that's going to be important because when the coronation happens and Ben is still like, yeah, I'll take Mal. uh, Jane is going to be there and be very angry at her mother. So right. angry. And, and it's an interesting. Now, the person it- who's not angry, and this is very odd to me, is Ben. Because Ben apparently figured out during the date at the Magic Lake that Mal had cast a love spell on him, and he still wanted to date her anyway, and yes. isn't upset about the love, not in the slightest upset See, about the love. Here's love. my uh, my guess about this, is Ben goes swimming in the Magic Lake, the Magic Lake undoes the enchantment on him, and he's coming back to like say something about it to her, and then he rescues her. And he's like, oh, you were trying to rescue me. You don't even know how to swim. You're very nice and good. Also, I was hot for you to begin with. I was looking for an excuse to get rid of my girlfriend. Yeah, now was, you're all moist. That was completely the thing that, that I was thinking from the beginning was when he was like, oh, yeah, I know you I know you put a magic love potion on me and I know it's worn off uh, because now I'm back to liking you intensely like I did before you gave me a love potion. Yeah, because I mean, he was eye fucking her for the first 20 minutes of this movie. and She didn't need the love potion. She just needed to be like, hey, dump your crappy girlfriend. And he would have been like, OK, got it. <laughs> and set. Good. <laughs> oh, and he, I, even I he is like, right. oh, I understand why you gave me that. You liked me and you couldn't say anything. And she's just like, sure, why not? We'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, if I was 16 and I found out that the girl I had a crush on had given me a love potion, I'd be like, yeah, I'm still cool. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not old oh, enough me. to have convictions yet. There's boobs in the world. I don't understand consent. Hold on. <laughs> uh. So, yes, we go to the coronation. Uh, the fairy godmother takes out the wand to, I guess, like just coronate. Coronate. They use it instead of a sword because nobody from yeah. Sword in the Stone is in this movie, so swords aren't important. <laughs> Couldn't get him. You know, couldn't, couldn't get, get him. <laughs> yeah, well, Arthur's got his own kingdom, and he was like, mm, Beast, I don't think so. Well, you can't, you can't step me. to me. Mm-hmm. I've got a, Merlin. Arthur's a kid in his own movie, so he wouldn't be old enough here to match everybody else's ages. That's hey, the, that's Belle what's going is a on. kid in her movie. I do appreciate that Snow White shows up during the coronation as like a fashion correspondent news reporter, and she is still <laughs> dressed. Uh, yeah, it's not. It, it is in Snow the exact White. Snow White outfit. Yeah, she's the only person in the movie who just dress, except for the four villain characters, who just dresses in her. She's in her own cosplay. Oh yeah, she's like I'm just going to wear the same thing you've seen me in because we don't have time to tell you i'm snow white we just have to have it visually aware and, and it looked bad it was like a bad dollar store snow white costume oh, yeah, it was like an off-the-rack disneyland halloween costume the, the the funny thing is they have evie during that scene dressed up in a variation on the snow white outfit and it's a nice leather redone prom variation and it looks good so there's two people dressed as snow white and one is an absolute failure yeah 
Well, Evie's amazing, and I think that this is just another way that we're establishing this. That's she's the, very that, talented. That, that's definitely and they have the to ask Mal, oh, who are you wearing? And instead of saying, I'm wearing the dress from Crazy Rich Asians, which she is, she says, oh, Evie, this dress. And so then Evie is now going to be famous as a fashion designer and art on, I assume. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate, this was one of the things I thought that they were going to kind of focus on, and it would be neat to see, that you see Evie dressed as Snow White in the scene, and throughout the film you see Jay acting much more like Aladdin than Jafar, because he's a, a pickpocket who's extremely agile and strong. So I was and like, charismatic. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so they're they're becoming their their nemeses, ki- uh, the of the or their their parents' nemeses is what's happening to each one of these people. Yeah. Because of course it's all about becoming your own person. Yeah. Becoming your own person, which is the person that your parents don't like. And, and even, <laughs> That's what actually being a teenager is about. Yes. I need to rebel against mommy. Even I thought Mal- I needed to be exactly like mommy, but now I need to be exactly like mommy's enemy. Yeah. Even Mal is completely turning into Prince Eric. You just can't really tell because Prince Eric is a nothing fucking character. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I guess Carlos is turning into Pongo. You know, you, well, I- you, you see how in love with that dog he is. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to say he's turning into whatever the name of the actual adult in 101 Dalmatians is. Yeah, you don't know that. He's turning into Pongo. He's turning into the, he's <laughs> Slowly turning into the dad Dalmatian. He's going to bang that dog. <laughs> uh... So anyway, so um, we see the scene of the fairy godmother using the wand to coronate Ben. And then from off screen, a hand grasps the wand and we think oh my gosh mal has grabbed the wand yeah no, but we then waves we realize and zaps the island yeah so it's just like and then it zaps the island and the barrier comes down and then the bad people are like woohoo and so now they're going to come across the island and then we cut back to the coronation ceremony and the wand is not held by mal it's held by jane i mean jane <laughs> has had her revenge and stolen the wand to make herself beautiful except that all she did was like for some reason shoot a nuke at the villain island i assume that was an accident it must have yes. been. very lucky accident yeah. no she was just waving the wand around because she has no idea what she's doing but apparently flailing wildly is the somatic component of undoing that barrier yeah they really should have thought that through more carefully so anyway this is mal had not planned to actually betray her or to follow her mom's instruction she was going to let the whole coronation proceed because she was more or less just too chicken shit to do what her mom wants um <laughs> But now she goes forward to wrestle for the wand with with Jane, gets it away from her, and now that she has the wand, she's like, well, maybe I'll do what my mom wanted. I I, I mean, I'm halfway there. And then the good people have to talk her down by telling her that she can be a good person if she just chooses to. Mm -hmm. And then You couldn't until you were a threat to us. Now you can. (laughs) Yeah, Maleficent shows up and is like, hey, give me the wand. And she's like, no, mommy, no wand for you. 1,000 years dungeon. And she's like, mm, no, but wand for what me. If, what if I turned into a dragon that looks worse than the dragon did in the 1930 movie I was in? <laughs> well, well, we can give was, it a try. You know, actual animation. This one is CG. Bad CG. I mean, if you want to compare it to something, just say it looks worse than the 30-year-old dragon from Dragonheart. Dragon I was going to say the, the dragon from the D&D movie. Ooh, it looks about on par with the D&D yeah. movie. Yeah. Just in general, costumes, scenery, yeah. editing, yeah. lighting, yeah, about yeah. that production value level. Yeah. More or less, animation has gotten spectacularly worse since like 1959, so that that's why it looks so much worse than, than she did it. They should have just turned her into footage of Sleeping Beauty. 
<laughs> that would have been cool if she was painted on. It would have yeah. been like a throwback to one of those live action plus cell animation I mean, straight movies up, from back in the day. Pete's dragon. I mean, that would be, yeah. I mean, literally just a dragon. I mean, literally, she turns into Pete's dragon. I mean, literally, Pete was officiating the whole ceremony in the background the whole time. Some kid pops up. He's like, yeah, hi, I'm Pete's dragon's kid. <laughs> I'm Pete's dragon's kid. I'm a dragon. I'm the kid of Pete's dragon. I'm not Pete's Pete. kid. I'm Pete's dragon's no, kid. No, it's Pete and the dragon. <laughs> they were very Pete close. I and the remember, dragon's kid. I don't remember how Pete's dragon ends up being the name of that movie, because the kid in that movie is named Elliot. <laughs> Pretty sure that's not true. Or is the kid Pete and the dragon Elliot? Is that what it was? I don't remember the dragon's name. So it's either Peter <laughs> Elliot. Well, it's Peter Elliot. It's one of those two. Listeners, at us. <laughs> at me. Uh, so, yes. Now there's a whole big showdown, and it's just Mal versus her mom because she froze everyone else. Uh, yeah, yeah. Her mom uses the Professor X in the first X-Men movie, everyone in the room hold still so I can talk to someone skill. And the two of them get into a uh, a, a little bit of an argument first. And then a sass-off. A, a sass-off. And then it turns into a fight that other people can participate in, specifically just the four villain kids, because Evie pops in to use her, her uh, magic mirror as a flashlight to distract the dragon for a second. Yeah. Because they're 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 a team. Like there was actually a scene where they had decided to be bad again, and they were plotting what was going to happen at the coronation, and they were like planning together as a team, working together and being close friends and and supporting each other Hooray. while they were thinking about doing evil. So that was a, a moment of character development for them. And now they all stand together, the four of them, and there's some weird chant about four hearts as one. And <laughs> oh yeah, it's one of the spells hearts in Kingdom that Hearts bullshit. Yeah. It's one of the spe- the spells in Mal's spell book to, to, to be like, hey, we're actually better, stronger than you because there's four of us. And then they just yeah. kind of make Maleficent disappear. Well, yeah, she gets into, into a, a staring contest, yeah. and then I guess Maleficent blinks first, so she turns into a newt. Yeah. Well, Maleficent's well, little mind hoodoo did not work on Mal because Mal is her own person now. Here we go. The kid is Pete and the dragon is Elliot. There you go. Yeah, I looked it up. <laughs> yeah. And I'm seeing the names of the songs in this movie, and I'm like, oh, man, remember when movies had good songs? I don't, because Pete's Dragon was shit, top hey, to bottom. you shut the fuck <laughs> up and get out of my house. <laughs> that, that movie has a song in it that's so good that it was a single that did pretty good in that time period in 1977. It was, uh, what, Candle in the Water? Yeah, that's garbage. Hey, I you will know what go else? to the mat for Apple Pete's Dragon. Apple Dumpling Gang? can eat my asshole everyone bring it i don't care <laughs> assholes right here it's ready to go eat it candlestick that shit <laughs> be my guest try the gray stuff it's delicious after all miss this is friends woof okay. okay that song just got gross <laughs> uh all right so yes uh maleficent gets defeated the there's a Fucking end of every shitty kid movie dance number, and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, Fuck and the, the final song, literally, I, I assume it was just on a dusty shelf somewhere, like someone had written it and gone, we should use this in one of our dumb Yeah, it's just movies. like, tonight is the night, and you're like, okay, Set cool. Set it off, woo. Yay. Yeah, it's so generic. Uh, and, and notably, this is the point at which Audrey returns to the film, uh, because she is dancing around with Jay in the background, so I guess it was water under the bridge. I... <sighs> Dude, I'm reading the wiki right now. You do not no, want to I argue know. with the wiki. No, I'm not arguing with the wiki. What I'm saying is, 
Audrey's a piece of shit, and so's Chad, and we never get resolution on oh, it. Oh, don't I'm worry, John. Angry. Audrey and no, Chad are the primary together. villains of the third Descendants film. Good. They should be. Yeah. They're the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Fucking, we're done. We need to wrap this up. We've gone on forever. Because <laughs> I've been right. reading about the next two of these, and there is some weird shit. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, all right. So we are going to get into our bests and worsts. Uh, Jeff, why don't you go ahead and give me your best in the movie? Uh, okay. Best thing in the movie, I am going to say, uh, I kind of like the J arc. I'm probably going to go with that. I, I like the character. I like the arc where he's just sort of, oh, I'm a dad's son, but I'm Aladdin instead. And it's rad and I'm fun. And I, I, have, I, I like having good times. Like he wasn't notably, I, I think my favorite people in this movie are the people who aren't forced to sing especially much. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I like the Jay character, and I'm going to say that's my favorite thing in the film. All right. Claire? Uh, uh, I, I may be alone in this, in our little triumvirate, but Chenoweth's song, I liked it about being evil. It was it, cute. It would have been great if it was sung by anyone who didn't have horns. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can also sing, and she can competently lip sync, so good mm-hmm. job. That's the big thing. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say my favorite thing in this... <laughs> I mean, I do definitely actually like the Chenoweth song. As I said earlier, it is the only one that really pops into my head randomly. Oh, no, it's a great uh, song. It's just who's singing it that's a problem. Uh, if she had been, instead of Maleficent, just like Mad Madam Mim or something, I would Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I want that AU how, right now. How much better is that? And honestly, that is perfect casting, too. You've ruined the movie for me now because I'm imagining something so much better that can never be. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a, oh, it's okay. We'll just do a different Descendants. But this time they all, I don't know, work at a coffee shop or something. We'll use a different cliche <laughs> for gonna, fanfic. We're going to use Omegaverse for uh, for the sequel here. Wolf dicks! Fifty Shades of Grey version of Descendants coming out in three years. <laughs> yeah, what's the countdown on these guys turning 18? It's a fanfic uh, of a fanfic of a fanfic. I, I am going to say that I think my favorite thing in this is... I'm going to go, honestly, with J2... No, it's cheating. It's cheating. I mean, you gotta pick something something else. I don't have to pick anything. Fuck you. You picked the entire character. You didn't pick a scene in the movie. Being in trouble is a fake idea. (laughs) (laughs) That's my podcast, and I'll do what I want. And I need it now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, okay, fine. You you can just agree with me, I guess, because Jay is It's just anarchy now. Just do whatever you want. (laughs) We're We're on the island of misfit villains i tell you what no you, can have, you can have jay and i'll change mine to that scene where mulan walk or mulan's kid walks into a room and goes hi i'm mulan's kid <laughs> i mean i don't that- even want jay just as a character mostly i'm i just want the scene where he's like yo i'll try a sport i've never done before i'm amazing <laughs> and he's just like i'm gonna run through people and just do wicked flips and shit I'm like, this is great. Yeah. He just Aladdin's his way through this film, and I love it because they don't even mention how obvious it is that he's his father's villain. Yes. It's deep. Yeah. All right. Worst thing in the film, Jeff. Uh, um, I'm going to say the absolute worst thing in this film is the lip syncing, just in general. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it is immediately dragging you out of the film. And that scene, like I was saying before, the scene where, where she's singing at the at the Magic Lake is, it's not even close. No, it's... uh. It's pretty bad. I've seen old Hong Kong action movies with better lip syncing than that. <laughs> uh, and worst thing, Claire. Well, Jeff took mine, and I still have respect I'm for so the rule of law. Good at this. So I'm not going to say something that's the same <laughs> as that's already been said before. 
Um, I would have to say that the worst thing, this is such a minor thing in the movie, but it just sticks in my craw, complete Jafar character assassination. I can't deal with it. I honestly probably should have just said generic character assassination because there are so many of the adults that are just like, what the fuck are you talking about? That's not even close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, God, I fucking, it was just annoying. I can't, I can't get over it. What, Uh, just the character assassination? Yeah, it was real bad. (laughs) Okay. Hey, look forward uh, to that third one where one of the villains is Dr. Facilier. I can't wait to see how they treat ooh. him. Yeah. Well, his kid, I assume. No, him. He's the headmaster of the school on the bad guy island. Nice. Fuck, oh, yes. my God. <sighs> Damn it. Am I going to have to watch these now? <laughs> I mean, his kid is also in it, but but yeah, I'm sure <laughs> his kid's name is like Facey or something. Oh, God. <laughs> Given that Hades' uh. kid is named literally Haiti. What? <laughs> Yeah, check out these films. They seem fantastic until you watch them. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) All right. And my least favorite thing in the movie. I feel like I want to go with Jane's whole thing where it was like, I want to be pretty, but I want to put no effort in. I just want someone to magic my hair instead of like, I don't know, get a fucking get some extensions and a curling iron like what are you doing <laughs> they don't have a target nearby okay just go to just go to a place that does haircuts and be like look i want to look like popular girls do right now asymmetrical lots of obvious fake curls get it done <laughs> yeah i'm like you've got the ability to do something anything and you're just like well i'm gonna continue to not do anything with my hair and wear these frumpy outfits but i'm gonna be very angry about it i'm uh, i'm honestly impressed you didn't pick carlos and his completely pointless existence in this film oh i loved that that's like i that? love okay, that carlos good. was just sort of also there i couldn't yeah. have any feelings about him because he was so also there yeah uh, all right. Now we are going to give a rating for this movie. Each of us giving a rating zero to five, which apparently I guess will now give us a rating out of 15 for the three of us. That's how it happens every yeah. time. So Jeff two. I'm not going to, I don't feel like that needs especially a great deal of elaboration. This song, this movie songs aren't worth sitting through the boring generic teen crap Two. All right. See, I would probably give it a two if the songs were worth sitting through the boring generic teen <laughs> crap, so I'm going to give it a one. All right. Ouch. Uh, I'd give it a two. It was it was dumb enough to not make me angry. <laughs> like, that. that's basically it, is that it hit a point of, wow, this is so bad that I'm okay with it again. Yeah, if you want to give one a one, the good, I think the best choice is the second one, which has a gay kiss in it that was cut. Yeah, fuck oh. you, Disney. Get out of here. Yeah, between Gaston and Captain Hook's kids. Wait, what? Isn't Gaston soup? Wait, what? Okay, no, wait. You're not saying the kiss involved Gaston. You're okay. No, they're saying Gaston's kid and Captain Hook's kid. I got it now. Yeah. I was was imagining Gaston and then two children of Captain Hook in a three-way gay kiss, (laughs) and I was so confused on several levels, and I'm thinking, it's probably a good idea that Disney cut that. (laughs) That seems real bad. That's like some horrible grooming shit going on right there. Uncomfortable. That's not what I want. Ever since LeFou (laughs) died, he's been just taking him younger and younger. Uh, All right, so a 5 out of 15 for Disney's Descendants. Just go watch High School Musical again. Don't. Or just don't watch any of them. (laughs) Anything with memorable songs. All right, thank you so much. Come on. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. We will be back in another couple weeks with more movie mastery. I want to thank Claire for being here. You're so welcome. 
Uh, I would give you space to plug something, but you don't. I don't. You do don't do anything. Things. Um. I. I'd like to plug my adorable seedlings that are growing in for my victory garden in the backyard. They're very cute. Hooray! I'll, I'll tweet a picture maybe. Okay. All right. So if you've got a movie you want us to review, you can always uh, message me on our Discord. You can find the link to that on our Twitter at uh, System Mastery on Twitter. And if you want to support what we do. You like what you hear, you can go to patreon.com slash system mastery supporting at any level helps the show helps us stay on the air, puts food in our mouths, motivates and the them mouths to continue saying Patreon correctly. <laughs> hey, I've started so, doing it. I, I know. It, that's what I'm saying. We got to keep the money flowing or else you guys are going to backslide. I call it by its new webs or official website name, Patreon. I mean, Patreon. yeah no uh calling it by the correct name was actually a patreon goal Mm -hmm. so if we slide Mm -hmm. below 2500 ever then we're back to it back yeah well any day now all right thank you so much we'll see you later until then you have a good one